0: Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, today's message. Well, as I promised, we have a a very special presentation for you. And uh, they finished the first service, and they did such a fantastic job. So excited for these young ladies to come today. And uh, so without further ado, really, I just want to introduce Peggy Huff, who is going to be the team leader this morning. And she said she's a little nervous in front of crowds, so let's help her this morning by starting off with a nice big rousing applause (laughs) and just tell her, hey, look, we're for you. And so without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you. Peggy, go ahead.
1: Okay. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, There's more people here than there was last service, so I'm guessing the 11 o'clock will be even more. And uh, we'll just try and adjust to our nerves. Um, My name is Peggy. I've been with Shenandoah Valley Teen Challenge for uh, almost four years now. Um, What what Teen Challenge is, uh, Pastor David Wilkerson, he was a pastor in Pennsylvania in the 50s. Um, He was praying one day, and he saw a cover of Time magazine, and um, he saw these four teenagers that were on uh, trial for murder. And he went through 19 days of prayer, and uh, he gave up his TV during that time, and he felt God call him to New York City to go minister to these people. So he came to New York City. I'm from New York City, so when I say came to, it's because that's home to me. Uh, He came to New York City, and um, he couldn't really minister to those boys, but um, their fellow gang members, he saw – that there was a really n- big need for Jesus. And um, he saw that they were really struggling with heroin addiction. And he just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that um, he was to help those kids and they could find freedom through any addiction through the love and power of Jesus Christ. So he moved to New York with his wife and he started um, a ministry that really is all over the world. Uh, there's hundreds of Teen Challenge programs all over the world. It's a Christian-based program. It's purely on biblical principles. We just teach the Bible. And it is such a successful program. We have an 86% success rate that um, we're even in countries as China and Pakistan. And um, that's Jesus finding a way to get into those countries where they they push away, they kill for uh, Christians, they martyr Christians, they persecute Christians, and um, it's just a huge blessing to be a part of this ministry. Um, I entered Teen Challenge in 2011. I went through the Long Island Teen Challenge program. Uh, I lost my mother when I was two. I um, had a really hard life that was out of my control, and uh, when I was 14 years old, I started abusing alcohol and cocaine. And um, I had an 18-year addiction that just progressively got worse. Uh, It ended where I would take 240 pills every two weeks, and when I'd start getting the withdrawal, I would uh, start doing heroin. And it consumed my life. Um, I said in the earlier service that you don't start out by saying you want to be a drug addict. You start out having fun with your friends. You start out drinking or partying on the weekends, and it slowly takes away bits and pieces of your soul, and you find yourself making compromises that you never thought you would. You have sex with strangers. You do horrible things for drugs. You um, let it consume you and take you away from your family and your friends. And I found myself just completely alone. I um, lived, I pushed away my family. I had no friends. I lived in a basement apartment that I had for a year, and I didn't talk to anybody. When I came into Teen Challenge, I was desperate, and I said, I cried out to God, and I said, God, if you're real, show me, and if you can't help me, I'm going to end my life, and um, I was in a really desperate, desperate place, and I walked into the doors of Teen Challenge, not knowing what it was, but knowing that I'd feel safe. I previously tried another drug addiction program, and um, I thought I was going to be killed in my sleep. I didn't sleep for a week because the people that were in the program with me were gang members off the streets of Jamaica, Queens, and um, they all had psychiatric disorders. They literally had to be across the street from the hospital in case they had a psychiatric episode. And I lost eight pounds in four days. I didn't eat, and I was like this all night long because I was afraid I was going to die. And I said, you know what, God, if you're real, I'll go to a... Christian program you'll help me and I'll feel safer you know so I went into the program and the I instantly walked in and I knew that I was going to stay and work there I didn't understand that I heard a voice say you're going to do this for the rest of your life I didn't understand what a Christian was I didn't understand it was the holy spirit but that's what I heard in my head and when God grabbed hold of my heart I'm really following his plan, and I am working here probably for the rest of my life. Uh, It's been three and a half years, and I've just seen miracles happen every day. Each life that's on this stage is a miracle that Jesus performs because he transformed their lives. You come into this program angry and hurt and broken, and you leave holding your head high, looking people in the eyes, and completely full of love, the love of Christ. It just transforms you. Um, I'm going to start with Brittany's testimonial. Let her share what God has done in her life, and um,
2: here she is. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I'm from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, growing up for me, um, there was good times, but a lot of time it was a struggle. Um, I had parents who were drug dealers, um, drug users, and That's what I saw. That's what I thought was normal. I thought that's what was okay, you know, waking up in people's houses, didn't know who they were, didn't know where mom and dad was at, um, you know, just trying to find, you know, what comfortable was, what a normal childhood was. And, you know, through this, my uncle's a preacher, so, you know, I knew who Jesus was, um, but I was still little. I didn't really grasp the concept of how much I needed him or what he was going to be in my life. (coughs) So, um, as the story usually goes, both my parents were incarcerated for, you know, doing drugs, selling drugs and all that. And I always told myself growing up, you know, I'm not going to be that mom when I get there. I'm going to be that good mom. I'm going to be everything that my parents weren't during that time. And so, um, while they were gone, I lived with my aunt and for that time period, um, I did kind of find my childhood again, you know, the little simple things in life, um, you know, playing with your friends, playing with doll babies, and f- being feeling safe, you know, feeling comfortable being at home and living a normal life. Um, and during when I was with her, we moved away from the area that we were at to kind of, you know, let things calm down. I wasn't that little girl. Oh, well, her mom and dad are in jail for drugs, and she pulled me away from all that. Um, And after a few years, we moved back here around the time that my mom was getting ready to come home again. And when she came home, I was so excited. You know, mom's finally home, and you know, life's going to be normal again. But the thing there was, is my mom was trying to make up for all the lost time, for the time that she was in prison. And you know, she didn't do it, she did it the best way that she knew how, but she was doing it through trying to buy my love, not by spending time with me and, you know, showing me the ropes and um, having me in church and those kind of things. So I took advantage of that. I mean I I got what I wanted and I did what I wanted to do. I started running with an older crowd and <clears throat> trying to fit in with them and find my find my identity and find who I was through the people that I knew, not through, you know, who Christ created me to be. And that ended <coughs> that landed me with the party scene of, you know, drinking, drugging, doing all those things. And so one day I find myself, I have my daughter, um, I'm in this re- abusive relationship, and I'm just like lost. And <coughs> so I had turned back to, I had actually turned into everything that I said that I wasn't going to be. I had started selling drugs, I had, you know, started using drugs, and it wasn't always just a drug, it was a lifestyle too. You know, sometimes you think you got it under control, but really you're so far from control that you don't really know what's going on. So, I was facing um, a, a long, long, long time in prison, and the whole time that I was in jail, I was praying to God. I was like, God, you know, please help me get out of this. I made all these promises to him. You know, if you get me out of this, if you help me, if you save me from prison for the rest of my life, then, you know, I'll live for you. I'll do whatever you want me to do, and God came through. I mean, he saved me um, from a very long time, and, you know, then it was, my turn. It was my turn to show God, you know, okay, I'm going to do what I said I I was going to do. And I changed people. I changed places, things, all that. You know, I started going back to church, but I didn't really know still at this point what it meant to have that intimate relationship with the Lord. And over time, I was now a single mom trying to raise my daughter and I was working a whole lot of hours and things at home still weren't the greatest. So, slowly I started making small compromises and Through all that, um, I found myself again back into my, you know, um, addiction and lifestyle even harder this time than what it had ever been. And through all that, um, I got back and I went back to jail. And I was sitting in jail this time, and I was like, well, here I am again. I can't ask God to save me this time because he saved me the last time, and I made him all these promises, and I failed on my end to – you know, follow through with that and do what I was supposed to do. And I called home to my mom or to my stepmom, and I said, I, I need help this time. It was the first time that I had ever admitted, you know, look, I really need help and really meant it before it was just my way of, you know, getting out of trouble or, you know, to get my family to believe that I was doing what I needed to do. And she started making phone calls, and she got in touch with Amy, and um, through, that whole process, um, I got to come to Teen Challenge. And now that I've been in Teen Challenge, um, I've had restoration with my family. My daughter, she loves her mommy now, She loves. she can't wait for me to come home. And it's all been through God. And, I mean, if God wouldn't have did everything that he did, used his mighty powers in every way to bring miracles into my life, to put people in my life, to do the things that he did and really change my heart, I wouldn't be here. I mean, it's still, it's daily picking up your cross and saying, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to do this for you, and I want to do everything to bring glory to your name. And all my sisters here, I mean, they help me every day. We all have struggles, and we all still go through things. But with each other and with the Lord, we're able to overcome those things, and I couldn't be more blessed. So that's my story. Thank you, guys. Um.
1: The process of Teen Challenge is uh, you come in in the first five months of the program. It's like a Bible camp and boot camp all at once, okay? Um, You spend the first five months in a very accountable area. You have um, staff that is with you all the time. You're never alone. Sometimes you have to ask to go to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, you're not allowed to get up and leave the table 30 minutes after you eat. Um, You are in classes with each other. Uh, David Wilkerson created a 14-book study. Each book you do a week, um, it teaches you how to love each other, how to love yourselves, um, how have to have relationships with others, ha- how to handle anger and personal rights, how to read the Bible, who, the, um, who Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit is, how to communicate with them, how to live your lives the right way. And um, you do work projects and fundraisers to raise money for the ministry. Um, But you have a leader there to uh, oversee you, okay? And then everybody who's on the stage, these ladies, they're in the second part of the program. That's month number 5 to twelve, six to 12. um, And what you do then is you're a little bit more independent. You still have accountability. You still have rules, but you have a little bit more freedom. You know, um, they can go on running together. They can go to the store. They take monthly trips. We do something fun every month. We own a coffee shop. That's a way we fundraise. They work the coffee shop. They do cleaning jobs. And we have a little bit more trust in them. Uh, they, if Whatever issues that they have, they do um, monthly work based on that issue. If they had issues with men in the past, they'll work on that. If they uh, have insecurities, they'll work on insecurities. Uh, Joyce Meyer's approval addiction. They learn how to not to be such people pleasers and to be God pleasers. Uh, we try and um, just... Gear the whole program to learning how to live your life right and how to live your life for the Lord. And through that, their hearts start to change. Um, it's very, very hard to come into the program, like Brittany said, um, she has a daughter as a mother. You know, uh, you're leaving your daughter for a year, you're trusting that God's going to take care of your daughter. Luckily, uh, our girls who have children have parents or family members that are taking care of their children while they finally get their life right. But it's really, really hard to do that, to walk away from your child. But how much of a mother were you when you were a drug addict? How much time were you spending with your children and treating them the right way and giving them the attention and love they need when you were doing drugs? I had a girl who graduated a month ago, and um, she was getting high for the first two years of her daughter's life. And during the process of... Challenge, like she was six months into it, I believe, her then three-year-old daughter said, Mommy, I love you. I don't hate you anymore. And you don't realize what little kids are picking up on, you know? When you're a drug addict, you don't intend for that to happen. You don't intend to um, not treat your children the way you should, but the drugs consume your life, you know? Living that lifestyle... Getting your next high is the only thing that keeps you going because you don't want to feel sick. You know It starts out all fun and games, but then you're throwing up on yourself. You're pooping on yourself. You have the worst flu you've ever had in your life, but it's daily. You know It's the worst feeling. You pray to God to kill you because you don't want to feel that sickness and you're ashamed that you even want to get high and the compromises you made in your life it's a really really awful situation to be in and you have nobody to blame but yourself you know so that's like you start condemning yourself so you get high so you don't have to condemn yourself anymore it's like a vicious cycle and what we do is we're there to love and encourage and to help them through that process so they don't have to feel that way anymore I was a really bad pill addict like I said And every two weeks, I'd go through withdrawal. I'd go through those withdrawal symptoms. I wasn't a Christian when I came into the program. But when I went into the program and they started praying over me when I was getting physically sick, the sickness was at least 50% less than it was on the world. And that's when I started to believe in God. You know, Maybe this is real because people were praying over me and I wasn't sick. People were praying over me. And the only thing that God tortured me with, because it was a form of torture, was that I didn't sleep for a month. So I started to go a little crazy. But, I mean, compared to being sick all day long, having my skin hurt, kicking my legs, and throwing up all the time, it was nothing. It was a walk in the park. And God showed me that I had consequences, but he blessed me by not making them as severe consequences as they was if I wasn't walking his path. So, uh, here's Shayla. She's another one of our students.
3: Hi, I'm Shayla. I'm 21 years old and I'm from New Jersey. I've been in Teen Challenge for 13 months now. And, um, growing up, I had a good childhood, a loving family. I grew up going to Bible school. So, I knew God existed, but I really didn't understand everything. I didn't know how to have a relationship. And, um, when I was eight years old, I was molested, and when I was thirteen, I was raped for the first time. And from a very young age, I had really low self-esteem. I hated myself. Um, I would just start living destructively, and that threw me onto the path of drugs and alcohol. And by the time I was sixteen, I was a full-blown IV heroin addict, and you know, I was just running. I was completely lost in this mess of life that I was living in. I had no idea who I was. I was masking all these feelings that I had felt and hurt that I felt. I was just shoving in and shoving in with all the drugs. And um, the last couple months of my addiction were kind of crazy for me. Um, My family, I wasn't allowed at home, so I'm from New Jersey. I ended up down in Virginia living with this guy. And um, I had overdosed, and I stopped breathing for 10 minutes, and then... um, the day I decided to come into Teen Challenge, I was, I was facing some serious charges because I had stole a couple guns and bullets and traded them to my dealer for dope. So when, when I was sitting there and um, I was facing these charges, something just, like, clicked in my head, and I realized there has to be more to life. Like, this can't be it. This cannot be how things are just going to work out for me. Like, there's got to be more. And I fell to my knees and I asked God to help me, and I was in Teen Challenge a couple hours later. And, um, at first I didn't want to stay. I was like, I'm going to be here a month and then I'm going to leave and everything's going to be okay. I just have to get off the drugs and I'm going to be good. And, um, but once I walked into those doors, God just embraced me and he grabbed a hold of my heart. And, um, ever since I've been here, he's just been purging all of that junk out of me and just filling me with his grace and his love and his mercy. And, you know, I'm nowhere near perfect and I, we still all struggle, but, in the midst of it all, I have this peace and this happiness that I know is only from him. And I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just so, so amazing. And, um, I'm learning who I am. I no longer find my identity in drugs or men or things of the world, but I find my identity in Jesus, which is so awesome because that's where my true identity is. And, um, it's been a journey, but, and my journey with God has just begun, but I'm just so happy and so excited because, you know, this is just the beginning, and I'm already like this, and, like, my future possibilities are endless, so I just can't wait to see where he's going to take me, and I would never want to live life without God again. So, yeah, he's just so good, and he's so faithful. Um. That's
1: actually common when she said she wanted to leave. Uh, Teen challenge is the hardest thing any of us have ever done. Um, Looking yourself in the mirror, seeing where your struggles are, seeing um, what caused you to be empty and hurt in the first place. Those are things we run and try and be numb from, and that causes us to use in the first place. And uh, a lot of the men and the women in our program, we have a men's program too, um, they think after three, four months that they can leave, that that they're fine and healed and everything. But our God's a God a completion, and we're a year-long program because it takes that long. It actually takes a lot longer than a year to um, get that healing. And, um, you know, I was saying uh, you don't have everything. God doesn't pull everything out of you all at once because if he pulled out all your junk at once – you'd go into shock. You couldn't handle it. He pulls things out through the whole process. You know, um, He shows you areas you need to work on, whether it's insecurities. As women, our biggest problem is insecurities. There are things from our past that causes us to not love and accept ourselves, to think that we're less than we really are. And he shows us how to strengthen that and that he loves us unconditionally, that he knew us before we were born, that we're worthy. That we're his children, that we're his daughters, and that's a process. You know, uh, I did most of my growing a year after I graduated the program. You know, when I wasn't in such structure, he was completing what he started in me while I was in the program. You know, so graduating and completing is huge, and um, it's just amazing process to see as a leader. Um, Every girl, when they first come in, because we work with the girls, every girl, when they first come in, they're dark, they're broken, they're rebellious, they're angry, they're rude, you know, and they don't want somebody to be telling them what to do. But when they leave, they're beautiful, they're light, they're, we're the salt and light of the earth, they really are. Like, you could see Jesus in their eyes, you could see him shining out through their words, through every action they make, and that is what makes our job as leaders of Teen Challenge worth it. You're going to hear some of the girls talk about Annie. That's Annie right there. She's the women's program manager. And um, I'm the uh, outreach and development coordinator. Um, And there's a lot of us who are... Jesus' hands and feet in the program. These girls come in and we show them the love of Christ. We tell them our stories because we were addicts. We went through the program. We know their pain, we know their struggles, but if we could do it, they could do it. And um, this is Brittany, she's gonna talk next. Uh, She's Marcy's best friend, and she um, is gonna be graduating next month on September 5th, I think it is. Um, She's graduating (laughs) the whole program. So here's her story. Hi, I'm Brittany. I'm 21. I'm from Delaware.
4: Um, I came from a military family um, that was, you know, pretty structured. Um, My biological mom walked out on me and my little brother when I was three and just, you know, kind of left us with my dad. Um, So I grew up for about um, five or so years without a mom. It was just me, my brother, and my dad. And don't get me wrong, my dad tried his hardest. He was a great single parent. Um, but finally he met my stepmom who, they got married and, um, I was eight and she's been in my life ever since. Um, but I kind of struggled with not having a mom. Um, even though I had my stepmom and she adored me and loved me, all the things that my mom did to me, um, while we were with her, when we visited her and all these things, it just kind of stuck with me. Um, she was very verbally abusive to me and mentally, um. My brother was her uh, favorite child, and she looked at me like I was the biggest mistake she's ever made in her entire life. Um, she blamed me for every horrible thing that happened to her. It was always my fault. Um, I had to play mom for my brother because she didn't know how to. Um, she was never really there. She was always either working or out hanging out with her friends while we were visiting, and I had to be that person to make sure my brother got fed, make sure he had clothes on his back, and make sure he had a nice, clean house to be in. Um So as I got older, you know, that kind of stuck with me, and my dad and I, we had a strained relationship, because my dad's in the military, and he suffers from severe PTSD. And um, growing up and seeing how my dad handled things, I kind of learned how to handle things the wrong way. I learned how to handle things in an angry, um, isolated way, Um, and as I got older, I um, started getting meaner, because I felt like I had to protect myself from everybody, because people had a tendency of you know, using me and walking all over me because I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And finally, when um, I got into high school, uh, you know, I met my first boyfriend, and I was so in love with him, and, you know, he wound up abusing me really badly. And from that moment, I just accepted the fact that no one was going to love me. Um, I truly believed in my heart that nobody loved me, and nobody will. So I started treating myself as I thought people saw me. And by the time I was 17, I uh, started drinking and smoking pot. And before I knew it, I was addicted to pills. But, um, I barely graduated from high school. And when I did, I got stuck going to a community college, which I flunked out of within two months of school. Um, I lost the scholarship that I got for it. And I just was on this road that I promised myself and my parents when I was little that I was never, ever going to do. I wound up becoming best friends with my oldest stepsister, who's a heroin addict. Um, And I was hanging out with men that were 10, 15 years older than me because I didn't know how to be friends with kids my own age. Um, And I wound up almost marrying somebody that I thought was the one for me because I just started settling for what I had. And uh, last year, my sister wound up going into the hospital because she almost died of her heroin use. And um, I never said anything. I just sat there and I just watched it all happen. And finally, she told my parents what had been happening, and my parents found out that I was using for the first time. And I'll never forget the day that my dad asked me what, had, you know, what I'd been doing and who I was doing it with and, you know, all the typical questions that a parent usually asks their kid. And the look on my dad's face was the utmost disappointment I've ever seen in my life. And my dad's been disappointed in me before, but not like this. My stepmom, she refused to speak to me. She didn't want to talk to me. She didn't talk to me for almost a month and a half. Um, and my dad just, he didn't know what to do. He was so lost. He had no idea what to do. Um, I was not allowed to come home until I decided to, you know, come to a program and get help. And my mom wound up finding Teen Challenge through a woman that she works with. And I was originally supposed to go to the Brooklyn Teen Challenge, but I kept avoiding it because I didn't want to go. You know, I kept making up excuses and, you know, going to church again to, you know, show my parents that I can change, I can change. You know, I stopped using, and I was, you know, clean for a few weeks, but my parents were like, that's not enough. There's so much more to what's wrong with you than you using the drugs. And to me, I thought I was fine, you know, I could do it, I could fix myself, I was fine. And... August 20th of last year, I found myself being dropped off in the middle of nowhere in Basie, Virginia. <laughs> and my dad, you know, he left me there. Um, my first month being here, I'd, I didn't want to be here. I, you know, I was fighting it. I was doing what I was supposed to do because that's what I was good at. I was good at people pleasing. I was good at getting by with what I needed to get by. And a month in my program, one of the older sisters that I had sat me down and she looked at me and she said, Brittany, I don't know you. You know, you've been living in this house with us for a month, and I have no idea who you are. And, you know, that kind of hit me because I'm like, how can you not know me? You know, and for the first time, I thought, you know, you know, maybe I should give it a try. Maybe I should really, really try to do it. And from that moment, you know, God just really spoke to me. And I finally started letting my walls down. My mentor, Annie, over there, she, um, I was a tough one for her because I didn't want to talk to her. And, you know, finally I started to, you know, believe that, you know, if I step out in faith, you know, God's going to protect me, you know, so I needed to step out in faith and trust those around me because it was hard for me to do. It was a challenge, and that's why they call it Teen Challenge. (laughs) It's a challenge. Um, (laughs) And, you know, from then on, you know, I just started letting God slowly, you know, work in my life, and the restoration in my family is unspeakable, like my biological mom, who I haven't spoken to in almost five years, apologized to me for the first time in 20 years for everything that she did to me. And my dad and I were now like best friends when for 20 years I never wanted to speak to him or hang out with him. You know, my dad and my stepmom are my best friends. And I am just so happy to be that light to my family, of you know, for God, and to be able to see my family grow closer to God is remarkable because my dad never wanted to go to church prior to me coming to this program. And now he goes to church every Sunday with my mom. And I've seen my oldest brother turn from alcohol and turn back to God. I've seen my, you know, my little brother look up to me as a good role model, now not somebody that just fell. You know, and I can be that light to the people in my family and to those around me, and I couldn't have done it without the women that I have sitting up here with me or even with, you know, without God. You know, nothing that I could have done on my own would have gotten me here. It was all because of God. And, you know, it's why I stand so strongly on Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because on my own I kept falling. But with God, I've been able to stand up tall and have the confidence again and be able to do what I know
1: God wants me to do. Um. I'm sure that there are people in this room that have a loved one that is addicted to something. Uh, Drugs are really starting to consume this country. Heroin is killing people left and right. Um, I know that we live in Shenandoah Valley, and that's the meth capital of the nation. Um, It's really just taking everybody out. And uh, what Brittany said about her father... Being disappointed and then saying you need to go to a program. I mean, he held firm, t- firm to that. You know, uh, Shayla said she wanted to leave. It is up to the people who love the drug addict to shut those doors, to do the hardest thing that they had to do, and walk away. Um, I know that Marcy came into the program because Tammy held firm of you're getting help or I'm done with you. And you really need to do that because I wouldn't have went in the program if my family didn't shut those doors. That doesn't mean, oh, I don't love you. That means I love you so much I can't watch it anymore. And sometimes that's the only thing that pushes us to do the right thing because otherwise you're enabling. And I really ask that if you know somebody who's struggling, you pray about that because you don't know how much longer you're enabling could cause them to go out there and die where if you shut those doors, they have a chance of saying, wow, I lost everybody that's close to me, I need to do something to change, and that pushes them to do the right thing. Um, I'm gonna have Marcy speak, she has been going to this church for a while, and uh, I was, I'm blown away at the transformation that's happened specifically in her, because um, she was bad, (laughs) she was a brat, She really was a brat, and she hated authority. I'm sure the sheriff can attest to that. (laughs) Um, She, today, she is a servant. Today, she's obedient. I don't even think that word was in her vocabulary when she first came into the program, you know. But today, God has literally taken her and completely transformed her, and now she's one who's leading by example to all of our new students. You know, She is working so hard in our program. She, we have something called the Emerging Leaders Program where we see students with potential, we give them a chance to intern and to help change our program, to um, help lead these new students coming in and to make a difference, and she's doing that. So I'm gonna let her share her testimony.
5: Um, I'm Marcy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up here in Runner Rapids, and um, I've always been at this church like my whole life. And um, I grew up in a really good home with a really loving mom. And um, <sighs> I said I wasn't gonna cry again, but I feel it coming. <laughs> 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 but um, no, my parents got a divorce when I was in like the fourth grade, and um, really. I was a good kid, and I wanted to come to church, but that part kind of—I guess it just started making me really bitter, and um, I just got really mean. (laughs) But I I always came to church, and you know, I said last service—it's really about a relationship, because anybody can come to church and sit through a service. I did it for like 19 years, and I came every Sunday for the most part until the last few months of my addiction, and. I never got anything out of it because I didn't want to be there. So I'm pleasing everybody around me, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but in the midst, I'm lost in my own little world. And um, I started dating a boy (laughs) when I was 16, and it was just a mess. It was really bad, and it was really abusive, and just that's what started me. I started partying and drinking and smoking weed and, That led to a cocaine addiction at the very end. And um, through all that, I was just really lost. I didn't know what to do. I was stealing money from my mom. I was lying and being really manipulative. She'd think I was in Greenville, and really I was at our house stealing money out of the closet. And so I just really did whatever I could do to get what I needed to get. I didn't really care about anybody around me. Um, As long as I was taken care of, that was all right. And so the last straw kind of hit. I went to her gym while she was on vacation, and I stole some money to go get Coke. And um, little did I know, she found out, which was just really obvious. (laughs) But um, I woke up one morning, and a sheriff was in my bedroom. And... (laughs) um, (laughs) And <laughs> yeah, he, he was there, and he was like, either you're going to go to jail or you're going to go to Teen Challenge. And I was like, okay, because I was kind of scared. And um, <laughs> so basically, I really manipulated my mom through that week and got her to be like, okay, well, if you go to counseling with Pastor Dave, you will be all right. You can stay here as long as you get a job and start going back to school. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm good now. I can just go back to doing what I was doing. And that just did not work. And um, Pastor David was like, you're going. So he was like, like it or not, (laughs) you're going. I was like, okay. (laughs) Just because I was so broken, and I really didn't have anywhere to turn to at that point. um, It was just really bad, and I was really angry And I wasn't happy about it, but I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, okay, this is going to get me straight, and I'll be fine. I said I was going to come in this program, and I told my mom on the way, I said, I'm going to go there, I'm going to get my Jesus on, and I'm going to come home. And that just (laughs) didn't happen. (laughs) Um, So I got the Teen Challenge, and like Peggy said, I was really angry. I didn't want to listen to anybody I was just mad at the world and you know God started softening my heart and he really just worked on me and it was a lot a lot a lot of trouble (laughs) I did not want to be there for a little bit and really it was just people showing me the love of Christ and people showing me that you know God does work things out for his good and not my own and I didn't realize it at the time that I was there in the beginning that I thought I was being tortured. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't realize that God had a bigger plan for me and I didn't realize that God puts people in my life to help me sometimes when I don't know the path to go to go in that direction. And so I kinda got pushed towards that. And um, so here at my time and Teen Challenge, it's just, it's been awesome. I've met great friends, lifelong friends, um, just being able to talk about God to everybody and not being ashamed, being like, oh, yeah, God, it's not like that anymore. It's like, do you know Jesus? And that's just an awesome thing to do because before I would never have been like, do you know Jesus? Oh, you don't? That's cool. Me neither. But but now I can honestly talk to people and, you know, just be an encouragement to them and just share the love of Christ because I wouldn't want that any other way and I wouldn't want, to live without God again in my life at all or at least not knowing that he's there because I didn't know he was there and the whole time he was and just feeling his presence and just being around him is an amazing thing and I wouldn't ask for any other way so I'm very thankful for all the people and I'm thankful for God because he's the one that did it and I just I love Jesus so (laughs) here you go. (laughs)
1: We uh, we're extremely close. Our um, our program. There's different programs. Every program's different. We all have the same goal to um, find freedom from whatever is life controlling and to do it through a relationship with Jesus. But each program, like Brooklyn Teen Challenge, compared to Shenandoah Valley Teen Challenge, to Fort Myers Teen Challenge, they're all different. Um, and what makes our programs special is. What a family we are. Um, literally, these are my family. My family's in New York, but even my family in New York, my biological family, they don't know me the way these girls know me, the way uh, the, uh, my coworkers know me, because nobody can understand the struggle that you have when you made these choices that we made and the pain you feel from things that happened in your past unless they walk through it with you. So they're my family now, and um, it's just such a loving, safe place, even when you don't want to be there. I mean, I don't know how many times Marcy called Tammy and said, I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore, you know. But she kept that door shut, and Marcy grew through the process. There are people who um, come into Teen Challenge maybe just for a season, maybe for a month or two. And God uses them to strengthen us and to sharpen us. And we may not get along very well, but he literally builds character in us through that. And we are faced with really finding out who we are without the masks, without the drugs. We are faced with looking at our potential and seeing who we can be through him and it gives us hope. And we go, wow, maybe we have a future. Or maybe we really do have a purpose. You know, um, now she's the one convincing people to stay. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's an awesome process. And um, I, I'm going to open it to questions in a minute. I want to say that um, I have a table back there where we're selling some bracelets and some crosses and stuff. And I'll be back there if you guys want to answer any questions. But we also have sponsor student. okay? It costs about $1,500 per student per month to come into our program. Um, for the first five months of the program, we ask the family members, churches, to help pay a small tuition for the person to come into the program. Five months through 12 months, the girls work, and they basically pay their own tuition, but it's still less than what it costs for us to keep our doors open. So this program sponsor student bridges the gap between what they pay, what we raise, and what's really needed. So if you guys are interested in partnering with us and getting a brochure and praying over it, you can come into the back and get some from us. We really need your help. We need people to partner with us. And um, I want to open the floor to any questions anybody may have. Nothing is off, you know. Anything you want to ask any of us, Feel free to. So, does anybody have any questions?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for coming. All of y'all
4: and I've grown up here with Marcy, and I'm so excited for what God has done. It's beautiful, and I know that, you know, um, like you said, there's several of us in the crowd that do have family members who you know, who we love, who are in the same position.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: really it's a heart change you really have to pray through that stuff because you build that up for so long like you said that is your identity and your identity's got to be stripped from you you have to literally give that to God every day because there's still times where I know we all want to lie about stuff when we're in the program and it's just a matter of you know laying it down at the cross every morning and asking God for a heart change and asking God to transform your heart and take that from you so you don't pick that back up because it's so easy something to happen and you want to just pick it back up and put it back on so it's really something that you have to lay down and ask God to change you and I know every night every day I ask God to change my heart in areas because I don't want to lie anymore and I don't want that to be my identity my identity and um so yeah it's a matter of a heart change really and just truly giving it to God not just giving it to God for a minute Mm -hmm. that you want to be different it's Truly surrendering yourself to him and really change him because I can't tell a lot to save my life now. I laugh. <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, yeah.
0: When can, I, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the accountability and how that is important in that process.
1: Okay, at first, again. at first, for the first five months, like I said, they're never alone. They're always with a staff member you know and um, when God takes over your heart he literally wrecks your life okay and when you have that heavy accountability where you can't do things on your own he's changing your heart during that process and we have girls that may sin or make compromises in the second part of their program or even through the first part They're very sneaky you know they come as master manipulators you know but when they get caught or even they'll tell on themselves because now they have conviction. They never had that conviction before and the conviction is really heavy and we find that when people leave the program prematurely that conviction causes them to go out much harder because they need to numb what they're doing much quicker and they'll go really really all in in um, when they go back out there. But a lot of the times they either die or come back. You know what I mean? Because it is it, once God starts to change your heart, there's no turning back. You can't undo and forget everything He's done in you already. It doesn't get undone, you know. So, um, but that's why, during the most, uh, the hardest part of their program, when they're tr- transitioning from the world to. Being in the program, accountability is so important. We have a staff member with them, living with them. They literally do everything together. You know, they have class together. They go to church together. They go to jobs together. They get sick of each other. They live together. They (laughs) go to the bathroom together. I mean, it's literally (laughs) just, that's why I said we become a family, because sometimes you hate your sisters. I mean, they get under your skin. They annoy you you know, but you love your sisters. And that's why we have such a huge love and family and family structure that we have.
0: Peggy, just helping you here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that that seems so critical to me and what I've heard is that each of these girls are also looking up to somebody that they've seen transformed. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell us a little bit about that and, and maybe even one of the girls just comment on that.
1: Um. I'm a leader in the program. I've been there two days before we got our first student. I helped Pastor Ashley start the program. I went through the program, so I know the struggles that each person has went through. So when they say they can't do it, I know that they can, and I can encourage them in that way. When um, they say... This isn't for me. I I miss the world. I could say no. You don't think about how you felt and point them in that right direction. And almost every person in our program who leads in our program has graduated, ha- or even if they haven't, they knew somebody who was in addiction and had that family part of it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say something on it?
3: Yeah. Um, I remember when I came into the program and, you know, just seeing how happy the girls were who were in there, who were about to finish, just the, the happiness in their face. There was something different about them, and I wanted what they had. So I tended to look up to them more and watch what they were doing. And um, I did the first ten and a half months of my program in Long Island, New York. And um, a couple months ago, I came down here. And before I came, one of the staff members, one of, some of the best advice I ever got was, she said, to um, when you go there, watch the staff members. Look at them. Watch what they're doing. Find one of them and just follow them. Make sure they love the Lord. Watch how they're living by their actions. And that's what I did. And Peggy and uh, <laughs> one of the other staff members who isn't here right now, I watched both of them, and I followed them, and I just fell in love with them. And um, they've been awesome role models for me. So, yeah.
0: Amen. You know what? Let's give these, these young ladies a real round of applause. because, I And mean, that's good. You know, let's do that. Let's encourage <laughs> I know I speak on behalf of all of us that we're proud of you. Okay? Very proud of you. It's a tough, tough situation. But you've found God in it, and we're very, very proud. And, of course, Marcy, our baby our homegrown gal, to see you transformed. We knew you could do it, but we knew we'd have to be a little tougher on you. But uh, (laughs) we got it done. God got it done. Um, I want to say, just to finish this uh, this morning, that uh, on the back table, Peggy will be back there to answer questions as well as to give you more information about the ministry, which is fantastic. I'm very seriously looking at that for our next ATK I want you to go back to that table, get some information. She's got flyers and sponsorship. She's got some goodies and whatnot out there that the girls have, have made, ways that you can support and uh, and, and be in prayer for them. Um, and then also the gals, the ladies up here are going to be in the front. So if you'd like to come up, I encourage all you mamas, come up and give them some big hugs. Would you do that? Just, just love on them. And uh, and then also to answer any questions for, for the ladies, they'll be up here in the front. Um, and I just want to say finally that, you know, when to, to do this kind of thing, to hear their testimonies is so good. It's good for the soul for a couple of reasons. One, God is doing stuff, amen? Yeah. And he can do this. Yeah. And he can work miracles and transform these young ladies. Uh, and then secondly, secondly, for any one of us in this room that might be toying with addiction or you have someone in your life, this is good. It's good for us to see because, you know what, not all stories end this way. I had a gal about a year ago who wanted to and w- wanted to go to a teen challenge, and Peggy, she did that. She, she fled, and within a year, she was dead. Yes. And so that is what is at stake here. So to hear these messages, to hear this caution, is something that we should take to heart and know it's, this is real. This is life, and God is there to help us, to, to transform us, to deliver us. Amen? Amen. He can do it. Amen. Well, I'm going to finish us in prayer, and if we could all just be uh, to stand at this time. And I want to remind you, if this is your first time here today at Valley, um, we're so glad that you came. And uh, Pastor Jamie's going to be at the Connection Center at the end of the service. If you'd like to know more, just to shake his hand. He'll, he's got some information and a gift for you uh, before you leave today. But let's just join together and pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather as your people. Lord, to be encouraged, Lord, by these wonderful testimonies. Lord, it's hard for us to hear, Lord, and, and, and tears not to come to our eyes because we know that, Lord, you're so good and faithful and that, Lord, miracles are alive and well. And, Lord, you're transforming. Lord, for anyone who would cry out to you, you are there. And so, Lord, we're thankful. Lord, we want to speak a blessing over these young ladies right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to surround them with your favor as a shield. Lord, we ask you to take that which has been... Uh, placed in them lord has been sown into their hearts god would continue to bear fruit that the enemy would not steal that seed but lord it would the, the seed that's that's been planted in that 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 real fertile soil of their hearts and minds god would continue to grow lord would germinate and bear fruit for a year all of the rest of their life we ask you to guard them for your purposes lord And we thank you for the opportunity lord to pray now over them lord so th- Lord, we're we're grateful to you. As we leave today, God, may we go in the joy of the Lord and the peace of God in our hearts. God, in new joy, in Jesus' name, amen.